Did you guys hear about the special meeting tonight? We're having church tonight. Did you hear that? I'm just kidding. Some of the men just about fell out, right? Super Bowl. Hallelujah. But you know what? There's a more important game happening, and that's the game in your life. Amen? And that's for eternal purposes. And I just have to tell you that with that, with that word, Pastor, you said we come in here with a different anointing and a, and a higher anointing. Um, that is something that has been stirring in me for you guys. Not just for him, but for you guys as a church. There is a new thing that is on this place. I even felt it when I drove into Cape Girardeau. God is going to move. God is moving. I don't like to say God is going to do anything because now faith is. You know what? When I start putting God off, anything that God can do later, he can do now. And I told the people last night, I said, you see in the Bible that your faith actually changes God's timetable. Because in the wedding uh, with Cana, Jesus was standing there, he looked at his own mother and he said, my time's not yet come. And she was like, yeah, whatever. Anyway, whatever he tells you, whatever he tells you, do it. She stepped out in faith and he was just like, yeah, I got to do it. When you believe God with all of your heart, God will move heaven and earth for you. I had a man of God recently tell me, his brother Ted Shuttlesworth, matter of fact, when I was out looking at a property with him, he looked at me and he said, God will give you whatever you believe him for. Well, I'll say it over here. God will give you whatever you're believing him for. Whatever you believe him for, he will give it to you. And I could be up there singing right now, but I think the praise and worship did a fine enough job. It was just stirring up on the inside of me that God wants to heal. He desires to bring things to pass in your life. Amen? But it's time to not be wimpy about it and start claiming things and reaching out ground. When he talked about the table of the Lord today, it stirred up on the inside of me that even for my own life, I'm tired of waiting on things. I'm just going to step out, believe God, get my mouth right, speak the right thing, speak the word. Speak the word. I said there's a song that was popular back in the 80s and it was like, this is how we do it. And a lot of people want to have God's results without God's ways. And we've got to get back to the word. There's a lot of fancy stuff, but I'm telling you, you got to get back to the word. You got saved by believing something in your heart and confessing it with your mouth. The word of faith is not some fad or movement that happened back yonder. It started with the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul saw the Lord Jesus but never had physical contact with him. On the earth, saw him but never had physical contact. But who is the one that actually taught the disciples? Come on, help me, somebody. Who's the one that actually taught the 12 that actually walked with him in the flesh? It's the Apostle Paul. Because when Paul had the scales taken off of his eyes, he didn't just become the Apostle Paul, he ended up spending a few years out in the desert being taught by the Holy Ghost. That's the reason why he said in, in, in Philippians that I, I am getting my deliverance. I am getting my salvation. It's in Philippians 1. I'm getting my salvation, which really meant my deliverance. I'm having this happen because of the prayers of the saints and the spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ. Man, I feel the anointing. It's so fun to feel something every now and then. Because some of you are looking at me like, feel free to smile. Employ your face. But the Lord Jesus came upon the Apostle Paul and he penned those words that we have 
the word of faith. The miracle is in your mouth. And everything in this world, as my wife was teaching last night, there are voices, even in Christianity, that will tell you that that is passe, that that is gone. That is what God was doing. I want to tell you what is what God is doing. In the lives of people, he is working in the lives of people who speak it with their mouth and believe it in their heart. That is how you were saved. You spoke it with your mouth, you believed it in your heart. And when pastor's talking about grabbing something off of the table of the Lord, you have to understand all this stuff has been given to you already. In salvation, healing is a part of salvation. Amen? Your prosperity, everything you need. Prosperity might not mean you look at your bank account and you have everything that you might think that you need, but you have the power of God, and that is prosperity that in the beginning, I believe you can get to a point where you smile and look at your bank account. I believe that. You can look and go, my God, we've got all the bills paid. My Lord, we could actually go on vacation this year. What? But you know why that happens? Because you were talking about it six months ago. You were talking about it. Now listen, there's this, thing, there's this thing about the truth, and then there's this thing about facts. The facts of this is where faith people go weird. They don't want to talk about facts. You just went to the hospital, and the doctor said that you had something, and then when somebody calls you, you're like, where are you? Uh, nowhere. Uh, I've, I'm, uh, I thought you went to the hospital. Uh, yeah, but, but not really. What are we, Christian science? I mean, come on. No. Nah. The fact is, you went to the hospital. The fact is, the fact is, this is that you're sick. The fact is, you got a tumor. The fact is, the fact is, the fact is. Fact is, this coming week, you got a bill you can't pay. The fact is, but here's the truth. The truth is in the Word of God. The truth is, is the Word of God. What does the Word of God say about the tumor in your head? What does God say about the bill that you can't pay right now? What does God say when you lose the job and the world wants to come? Oh, brother, we're really sorry. You had to lose. No, no, no. The faith believer believes that God released him from that place to promote him to another thing. you got to understand, you live in a continual place. There's no such thing as a downward spiral for the, for the God-believing, faith-filled Christian. We're always, Proverbs 4.18 says that we are like the way the sun rises up and it gets brighter and brighter through the day. That's how we're supposed to be as Christians. We're supposed to have the joy of faith. Paul talked about this in Philippians 1, the joy of faith. Scholars will tell you that Philippians was the most joyous epistle that Paul ever wrote. Yet he's sitting in a dungeon right beside a sewer with guys looking through the window going, yeah, we're probably going to kill you today, Paul. We're probably going to kill you. And he's like, bring it on for me to be with Christ is far better. Can we schedule it? I'm ready to, I'm ready to go, but wait a minute. The Holy Spirit's telling me to be in the flesh is more needful for my people now. He wasn't looking at a circumstance to determine when he was going to leave the earth. He was going to leave the earth when his, when his course was finished and when God was done with him. And when he knew in his own faith. So listen, you, there is a place in faith where you can determine your own departure. You can determine things in your own situations. But you got to be speaking it. You know, on a funny, funny side of things that doesn't say this in the word, but it does say it in the writings of Josephus, that Romans would actually take soldiers and, and, and shackle them to their most dangerous prisoners. And they did this with Paul. Problem was, is everybody he got shackled to for 24 hours got saved. 
So they were losing soldiers because of salvation. They would get chained to Paul. Paul's like, I'm not your prisoner. You're mine. You're chained to me. You're chained to me. Listen, there's no situation that can bind itself to you that can't be changed. No matter where you are right now, whatever situation is facing you right now, I speak it over you right now, that this day things change in your life in Jesus' name. That this day things change in your life. Your finances change. Things in your, in your family change. Things in your body. Right now, there's a healing wave that's going through this crowd right now. Just receive that. I just saw it. It started going this direction. It's kind of like a wave that you probably see at the Super Bowl later on today. A wave where people stand up out of enthusiasm and go, that's mine. I'm in. I'm rooting for my team. I believe. Matter of fact, I would get up and do the wave right now. Let's just wave that thing right now. Receive it right now. Receive it right now. Receive it right now. Matter of fact, let's start on this side. Let's do it again. <laughs> she did this hand motion. Those that stood get the real thing. She's getting the... Yeah. <laughs> Got a great report. See, God's still moving in people's lives today. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. You know, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. I had a pastor that picked me up in, in Nashville uh, two weeks ago. And, uh, you know, he, he's bivocational. We've got a great church, but he's got a ministry where he drives a school bus. And he absolutely loves it. And he loves the kids and gets to minister to them. And it's amazing just how God uses him out there. But he got hit really bad with the whole COVID thing uh, back in um, July. And... Um, I mean, he, he, he videoed me, used that Marco Polo uh, app and Mar from the hospital, and he, just, he just, it did not look like the same man, could not hardly breathe, said, he told me later, he said, the spirit of fear walked into my room twice trying to take my life. So I'm here to take you, and he's like, I ain't going anywhere. You know, he was using that because I'd talked to him about what Paul said. said, hey, I'm not going anywhere. For me to depart, that'd be fine for me, but I got stuff to do here. So I'm not going anywhere. He exercised his faith and that, you know, that spirit of fear just moonwalked right back out of the right back out of the room. Because it understands faith, understands somebody's identity. And I told him this. When he picked me up from the airport, he was just still breathing. Seven months later, he's still breathing in this in this harsh way. He couldn't get back to his job. He was kind of a bus monitor. He was just sitting there on the bus, kind of trying to talk to the kids, but had cut his pay in half, and it just stirred me up when he told me the whole story. And in the beginning of, there was that, you know, you can have the thing about righteous anger, just righteous anger. It's like, wait, this is a man of God right here. Wait, that COVID sucker's a demon. That thing is a demon. It's a demon. And I told Pastor yesterday, I said, there's two things that stir people up. If you confront homosexuality and if you confront their precious COVID. If you do that, they all go, Bleh. But neither one's biblical. Neither one produces life. So I stand against both. Love the one, but I hate the other because it's a demon. It's a sickness from hell. It is a sickness from hell, and I will take that stand and I told the pastor, I said, man, you're having something on you that is demonic. And he goes, yeah, I know. I need, I need you. And I said, okay, well, we'll just believe God. Because I always wait for the move of the Spirit. I wait for that unction from the Spirit of God. And the beginning of the service, 
uh, I called him up, and uh, he was standing there, and the power of God was on me. And I said, listen, um, the Lord's going to heal your lungs. He said, that, he said, my lungs have been scarred. He said, it's hard for me to die massive lung damage from this thing. And I laid hands on him, and then I, I just started going... As I laid my hands on him, and then he started doing the same thing. And he goes, oh, my God, I haven't breathed like this in months. Uh, like that. And guess what? Guess what? He let us know just in the last few days that he got restored by the doctor to his full-time service on the bus. And she said, she said, your lungs sound exactly how they're supposed to sound, like the wind going through the trees. Like the wind going through the trees. So this should encourage you. As faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. Not just the original translation. Not just the word of God. The word of Christ. The anointed one. It comes through what Jesus has said. And guess what he said? You're healed according to your faith. Be it unto you according to your faith. So when pastor, that you are here today to take things from the table today. You are here to take things that belong to you. Amen. I'm here. I just, honey, we're taking things that belong to us. Amen? There's things that belong. It's time to move up higher. It's time to go up higher. It's time to go stronger. It's time for that demonic thing, whatever it is. Depression goes now in the name of Jesus. Anxiety. Some of us have anxiety. You ever had that type of anxiety where you look at everything and go, okay, I got the money to pay the bills. The kids are okay. But I'm telling you, I'm still freaked out and I don't know why. You ever been there? You're just like, I want to relax, and there's no reason why I shouldn't relax, but there's something going wrong here. It's because we're not, we haven't come to that place of completely giving over in faith that we realize that Jesus paid it all. He's going to take care of the situation, and we rest in him, that we rest in him. Because anxiety is a thing that will block your faith. And it's not, a, it's not bad to recognize. If you got anxiety, I had to do it a couple of days ago. I was telling a story of when I was walking, I was on vacation. I was walking the beach, and I had this little drink with an umbrella in it. I didn't have the alcohol, but I wanted the umbrella. So I had the umbrella, and I'm walking, and the waves are coming over my ankles, and it's a beautiful morning. It's lovely. But in here, I had some angst going on. I didn't even realize how beautiful it was because I had some kind of thing going on on the inside of me. And I realized that emotions are just like the check engine light. Or it's just like that little thing that pops on that says your, your tires are too low. That doesn't mean go faster. That means go find a place so you can pump those things up to be repaired. So we're not supposed to be motionless um, uh, zombies in this whole faith thing. We're supposed to receive what our emotions are saying to us. Listen, I feel a little freaked out right now. That means that I am not centered in the love of God. I'm not centered because he said that my peace I give unto you. My peace, not as the world gives, because the world needs a hammock, and the world needs sand, and the world needs blue water, and it needs a gentle breeze. But there's something about a man of God named Paul that can be in a dungeon. That The scholars will say that Philippians was the most joyous book he ever wrote while he's got accusation coming through, while he's got the smell of a sewer going by, and he's talking about, you know what, I'm just thinking of y'all, and it brings me joy. Then he talks about the joy of faith a little later, the joy of faith. The joy, I love this, the joy of faith. Brother Copeland says this, he said, you can have people talk about something, but it goes from like, it's, what they're saying in their words is positive, but how they say it is negative. 
Well, we're trusting God again. Last time we had to believe God, it just about killed us. Come on. You know, you understand what I'm saying? And there's going to be times when you're walking with God in life. I mean, listen, guys, I grew up the whole thing. My dad was a blue-collar worker. Uh, I worked in the secular realm for quite a while recently, even when COVID was going on to shut down everything. I didn't sit there and just, God, give me somebody to dump things into my hands. I jumped out and grabbed a job because I wasn't able to, to I, I ministered by Zoom. But I'm not sitting at home all day. I'm a healthy white man. I'm going to go out and bust my rear and go provide for my family. That took faith. Some people say sitting in your prayer closet waiting for brother so-and-so to call you and give you money, that's faith. No. Faith is getting off your butt and going to work and believing God that he'll supply. Why? Well, listen to me. Why? Because God wants to put you in a situation where you affect other people. So I had people ask me, hey, dude, what did you do before you did this? I said, I'm a, I'm a minister of the gospel. I still am. I'm singing about it. He said, you know, you can't get on a plane. You can't go anywhere. So I'm Zooming. I'm talking to people. having a great. But now I'm here with you. And I ended up laying hands on people. I ended up praying over people. I ended up praying for cancer. I ended up praying for tumors. People would get, Some of these guys, they would come to me, and they would just be like, man, uh, yo, Rev, can you pray for me? I would not have been there. See, the devil thinks he's shutting you down. The devil thought by crucifying the Lord of glory that he was doing the right thing. He had no idea what he was doing. Because the Bible says that if he knew what he was doing, he wouldn't have done it. Yeah, we killed him. What are you doing here? No, you can't have my keys. I guess I have to give you my keys. Here's death, hell, and the grave. Bam! Now he's resurrected. Now he's the firstborn of many brethren. My God, we had one. Now we've got a slew of them because he died. I'm telling you, this is shouting stuff. If you get a hold of it, it'll change your life. What am I saying? I'm saying you don't have to be dressed in a suit with a microphone preaching to live this glorious gospel. It works at work, it works at home, it works with your children. Everything is by faith. Everything is by faith. Means that it doesn't come on you to get the job done. Jesus said it is finished. So what I do is I walk in that finished work and I simply obey what he says to do. Now, I'm not constantly sitting around for a word to drop out of the sky on me because we've got this precious thing called the Word of God. People come to me all the time because God works me in a very strong, prophetic way. And people say, do you got a word for me? I say, yeah, Bible, read it. Because it says, fear not, 365 times, one for every day of the year. He said, if you got a need, he said, he'd supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. He said also that he would, hey, throw up that 2 Corinthians 9.8, Joe, please. 2 Corinthians 9.8, one of my favorites, one of my favorite scriptures right here. Are we having fun? Man, over the next four hours, things are going to happen. Just, I'm kidding. I got a plane to catch. 2 Corinthians 9.8, this is a place where I just really help you be able to focus because I'm going to tell you what the Lord showed me last night. And God is able. That's good news. And God is able. You don't have a God that is not wealthy, that is not rich, that not has, does not have the ability to take care of you. Also said in Acts that he's not a respecter of persons. Amen? 
So everybody can tap into this thing. Now, the only thing that is different is your level of faith. God's not a respecter of persons, but he is a respecter of faith. So God is able to make all, say all, all grace abound towards you, that ye having, always having, all sufficiency, always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. Now, let me tell you how, how in the life of faith, regular person, regular Joe, you're not believing for a jet. <laughs> you're not believing. You're just a normal dude. How does this work? Because the enemy wants to strangle hold your supply. He wants to strangle, get you into fear about sickness, COVID, yada, yada, whatever. He wants to get you into fear because when you get into fear, then your faith doesn't work. And the Bible says that without faith, we can't please God. So you are delivered. You're on your way to heaven. But there is a place of pleasing God where there's, some, there's another breakthrough. There's certain people that are going to watch the Super Bowl today, and they're blessed to be in the stadium. Then there's other people that are in the box seats. They're eating lobster, crab, and all this other stuff while all these guys are eating a $40 hot dog. They're all in, but there's a different level. And I'm getting this from the Holy Spirit. There's a different level. There's a different level when you obey God. All of my kids, I love them. I can't get rid of them. I introduce them as my tax deductions. So this is my first tax deduction. I love them. Max is 17 now. Hard to believe. 17, Grace is, is 9, then my middle daughter, she's 14 years old. They're all giddlies, but the one that obeys me seems to get blessed. They're all giddlies. There are people that are going to, you're going to go to heaven, and you're going to be like, <laughs> you're going to, man, my God, they're here? And they're going to be turning around looking at you. My God, he's here? <laughs> the great God Jehovah is merciful. Have you, you ever heard that story of Jesse Duplantis going to heaven? And he's walking with an angel and he looks over and sees JFK in heaven. John F. Kennedy, have you read about this dude? And Jesse just turned around and looked at the angel. And the angel, he said, the angel looked at him and went, oh, The great God, Jehovah, is merciful. Nah, I didn't get any condemnation in my heart. I just started doing a little dance. I was like, well, JFK's getting in. I got a shot. I got a shot. When there is power in the blood. There is power in the blood. Amen? So this is what you do. First thing you have to do in any situation that you're facing. Let me, sh let me share this with you. The Lord, the Lord showed me this before I get into this. And I'm not going to go very long because I want you to get this. I want every one of you to get this because we are called... To walk in faith. We're called to walk in faith. I'm going to show some scriptures today about faith. Faith is believing God. Going around saying I hope so. Is not faith. You've got faith. Hope and love. You got to make a quick skip onto hope. To jump to faith. Without hope you can't get into faith. But it's a very fast thing. To go from hope to faith. It's kind of like, because if you're sitting around, boy, I sure hope so, hope so. That implies that you're in a place of, well, I'm not sure that the Lord would be able to do that for me. Well, I hope so, you know. Listen, there are people in Cincinnati and there are people in L.A. today that hope their team will win, but they don't know for sure. They're hoping, sure hope so, sure hope so. But listen, you've got a guaranteed thing when you jump into faith. That means that you know that God 
is worthy. You know that God is able. So you have to be in this place that God is able. No matter what is facing you, you're looking at a giant the same way David did. But David did not kill the giant just with a stone. He killed the giant with his words. If you look at it, now, if, if you remember when Goliath uh, said, you come to me like I'm with a stick, like I'm some dog. That was his shepherd's stick. And we talked to a rabbi when we were in Israel, and he said what that was is that David would lift his stick as if he was a weapon, but it wasn't. It was a reminder because the stick had all the notches on the belt. I done killed that bear. I was 13, fool. I killed a bear. Lion, tiger, the whole Wizard of Oz cast. I took him out. I took those babies out by faith. And see, he's, he's right there because I guarantee you fear was trying to get a hold of him. Because every, And when you're walking in your anointing, everybody wants to give you theirs. Well, that doesn't, I don't see how that's going to work. You're just, you're scrawny, you're redheaded. You need some suntan lotion. You need to be in the hut, dude. You're going to burn. You showed up with the, with, the, with the cheese and with the bread. Know your place. We've got armor on. We're hiding. We're hiding. We're scared to death. And he's just like, who's this, who's this uncircumcised Philistine? Meaning that dude doesn't have a covenant. We do. This is where you are in the first four words of this verse. And God is able. And this is to make all grace abound towards who? You. Not just the fivefold ministry. You. You too. And God is able. So uh, David is lifting up that stick. And he's like, man, did the bear? Uh-huh, did the tiger? All these things that I've got to remember with the Lord. And the Lord delivered. And that's when he started speaking with his mouth. He said, I'm going to take you down before the day's over. The birds are going to be eating your flesh, pal. Way before he said He was doing that before the stone was. The stone was guided by his words. The stone was guided by the words. You coming to me like I'm some dog? Well, you call yourself a dog, but I'm looking at everything I've killed before, and you don't match up when I look at what my God is because I got a covenant, and you don't. So if I got a covenant with the Lord, and that's covenant right here, and guess what? David was rocking with an old covenant. He was rocking with a covenant that had nothing to do with the cross yet. He was dealing with the blood of bulls and goats. He was dealing with the, with the high priest. He's dealing with all this kind of stuff. He's dealing with the arcs here. The next minute, it's not. Presence is here. Then he's dancing in his underwear. He got no idea what he's doing. <laughs> Hebrews says, and I love this. Hebrews says 13 times that we're operating in a better covenant with better promises. Better, 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 better. Just say it 13 times. That changes the number 13 from being a weird psycho movie. Friday the 13th, come on, baby. Promises the 13th. We walk in a much better covenant where Christ has perfected you by his blood. Where it says that Jesus sat down. We always talk about stand up, stand up for Jesus. How about sit down, sit down for Jesus? Why? Because he gave himself... He perfected everything forever. He took care of the sin problem. He also introduced you to this covenant, and then he sat down. Because he was given the reference in the Old Testament, the priests never sat down. They looked like a bloody, cleaved mess because they were constantly doing sacrifices. New sin, new sacrifice. New sin, new sacrifice. New sin, new sacrifice. 
But Jesus came down. He took care of business, did it once and for all, and then he sat down. And then I remember a revelation that the Apostle Paul had in Ephesians where it says that you are seated together with him in heavenly places. See, these are the things. This is how we do it. This is what you remember. This is what, because the devil will try to get you, well, look at that giant, look at that giant. Uh-uh. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you. Romans 5.2 says that we have access by faith into this grace. Now, I love to sing Christmas music. I'm a joy to the world, the Lord is God. I love that. We just did that. But I still sing it in January. I still sing it in February. I start most of my concerts with joy to the world. I love it. absolutely love it. And the Lord taught me something in this scripture with Christmas. What does Santa have? A big bag. And was it full of? Presents. As you saw from the Santa Claus movie, he can even pull a kayak out of his bag. It's presents. It's presents for you. God's grace is his all-sufficiency. And God is able to make all-sufficiency, all-grace. Everything that I have. His grace is not just unmerited favor towards you. It's all the stuff that is ever required for you to live victoriously. Santa brings it, puts it under the tree. Jesus died and put it in your spirit. Okay? Now, how do you access it? So Paul said that we have access by faith into this bag of goodies. So even if you can't see what you need, it doesn't matter. It's there because he's already given you all your grace. So I literally, when I have a financial need, I say, Lord, by faith, the hand is faith. I reach into the bag and I grab out this amount that I need. Brother Hagin taught it. You find out what you need. Tell the devil, tell the, I put double D devil right there. Tell the devil to take his hands off of it. Take his hands off of it. This is not weird. You can do this in the, in the store. You can do this at work. When you've got any kind of a thing that's coming against you, you can, the Lord, you just, you speak it. Tell the devil where to go. Well, the devil's been on top of me. We'll get him off. Talk to him. He walks about as a roaring lion. He is not a roaring lion. I said this last night. In the word of God, it says that the day will come when you see the deceiver. You will see him and you'll go, that is what deceived the nations. That? That's what caused me problems? Give me a break. So you've got to understand, in the midst of your situation, God is able. Throw me back to the other scripture. We have access by faith. So I'm trying to teach you, your hand, your, your faith is your hand. You're reaching into the grace of God. You come before the throne room boldly in the time of what? Need. When you have something. You are, referring to John F. Kennedy, one of my favorite pictures of JFK is when John John is playing with his little cars underneath the Resolute desk while his dad's on the phone. I was like, that is the absolute essence of playing in power. Because they love their kids. They were actually very good parents. They, are, they instructed the Secret Service, unless I'm in a deep, deep, deep meeting with a physical head of state, always give my kids access to the Oval Office. They can walk in anytime they want. I feel that in my spirit. You can come to the throne room in the shower. You can come to the throne room on the toilet. Some of us think best. I've had the Lord speak to me in the shower and on the toilet. Thank God he does it some other places too. 
but I am able to get into that throne room. I'm able to come forward at any time. Okay, let's go back to, to 2 Corinthians 9.8. Thanks for going over to that, Joe. Appreciate it. Wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Is anybody getting something from this? I'm getting happy. It's a reminder to me. So God is able to make all grace abound to you, all that sufficient, that ye always having. The word says, all sufficiency in all things. So whatever you are needing, whatever is in your life right now, whether it's relationship, whether it's finances, whether it's a job, whether it's a ministry that God's calling you to, you have God is able. All grace towards you. You have all sufficiency in all things. How? That you may abound to every good work. I, I quote this every day. This is where I live. This is where I stand. My wife will tell you this. I talk about this scripture all the time. No matter what's coming to us, we have all sufficiency. We have access, all grace, sufficient. And see, this is what you fill your mouth with, not what, I don't know what we're going to do. No, you don't say that kind of stuff. Remember, where you're going to be in six months from now is what you're talking today. What you're talking today. Why? Because it's a seed. You can't talk crud and reap good stuff. These are such simple things, but we have to do it, which means that you have to go against what your flesh wants to do. Because your flesh wants to go, oh, shenanigans. When you have to turn it around and go, glory to God. I have all sufficiency. That's what the word said. He said, I feel lonely. I don't care if you feel lonely. I'm sorry you feel lonely. Sometimes I feel lonely. But guess what I do? I go to the word and say that he never leave me nor forsake me. Now, do you believe that or do you don't? Amen. So it's time that we all man up. Man up. Or as my wife's rancher father would say, time for you cowboy up, son. Put your cowboy hat on right. You wearing women's underwear, boy? Are you confused? No, we're going to be men. When you, now, here's another thing, and I learned this from my pastor, and this is something for all men in here. You got a man up, you got a cowboy up when it comes to needs because you're going to have some. I, there's people I talk to that are worth millions of dollars that have needs that their money can't take care of. You basically have to, have to come to a place with your family, with your wife. My kids know El Shaddai and El Shaddad. So my wife will come to me, because I learned this from a pastor, and I said, honey, this is how I desire to run things in our house. You tell me what you need. I'm not going to freak out about it. Honey, we've got company coming this week, so I'm going to need $200 more of groceries this week. I'm not going to sit there and go, my God. No, 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 no. I have all sufficiency in all things. God already knew company was coming. God already knew that tire was going to blow out. God already knew your transmission was going to go because he wants to give you a better car. He wants to give you better. He wants to give you better. Man, she's pregnant. I've only got two bedrooms. My God, I'm going to need three bedrooms. Don't you think God knew that? This is where you go to the word. And my God is able. So I say, you come to me and I'll go to God and get it. And that's not just for me. That's for any man that's in this house that is the head of a house. Honey, you don't worry about a thing. I'll go to God and I'll get it because I'm the priest of the home. 
you're a submitted wife to me. And many times I'm submitted back to her because I turn around. It's like the president. He's got many advisors that know more about something than he does. He's the one that has to make the call, but the other advisor might be the one that has the smarts in this area. So just having somebody submit to you doesn't mean you tell them to shut up and sit down. It means that you take the information, take the giftedness in that person and put it on display and shine with it. Honey, you're a lot better in this than I am. Now bring, when you're going to put this whole thing together, my wife will do something and she'll bring it to me and go, what do you think about this? That's phenomenal. Okay, let's roll with it. But she did it. I'm acknowledging those gifts in her. I have faith in what God's put in her. Amen. Just a little bit of marriage stuff. But for me, I come and then what do I do? She brings a need to me, then I go to God. Lord, I thank you. Lord, I don't have it, but the word says that I do. So I receive this all-sufficiency. And I know, Lord, that you're going to meet me how you meet me. You're going to meet my need. And, Lord, I receive it, and I thank you for it. Here's what I need. I've told the devil to take a hike, and I've sent out, according to Hebrews 1.14, I have sent out the ministering spirits to go get it. It's in the Bible. It's in the Bible. It's not witchcraft. It's not white witchcraft. It's not the Wizard of Oz, not the Yellow Brick Road. This is in the Bible. So we have to learn how to operate according to the Word of God. He said in Jeremiah, I think it was it, Jeremiah 23, 28, is my word not like a fire? Is it not like a hammer? That, I found that verse the first time, May of last year. Is my word, I already knew about the fire thing, but I didn't know it was like a hammer. And then I started thinking of my brother who's built houses and stuff. I said, guess what? He didn't use that hammer one time. There's the house. Hammer. Hammer a situation. Hammer a situation. Hammer is my word, not like a hammer. Hammer the situation. Hammer your, well, I'm not feeling good in my body. Well, hammer it with healing scriptures. Hammer it. The other night, the other night my son was playing basketball and him and a teammate ran into each other and it looked like the teammate bit him like an apple in the head. I mean, his whole head was bloodied and it was a mess. Now, here's the cool thing. My 17-year-old kid, when I go over there and look at him, he pulls a handful of blood out, and he goes, Dad, lay hands on me. And I was like, yeah, I don't want to lay hands on me. Okay. In the name of Jesus. Well, we saw some change right there, and he turned out he had a mild concussion, but this is what my 17-year-old did. When he got into bed, he grabbed a smartphone, his mother's, he grabbed it and went to Kenneth Copeland, 101 Healing Scriptures. I didn't tell him to do it. I've put it in him since he was born that the word of God is how you do it. The word of God is how you roll. So he finds the one when Kenneth Coleman, it's really good. It's 101 healing scriptures that he is quoting in front of 10, 15,000 people. And finally, then they all start doing it with him. And it's just a powerful thing. And guess what? You can lay in bed and just listen to that because faith comes by hearing. And then your spirit's going to grab a hold of one or two or three of those scriptures. Well, when Kenneth Copeland said, which one was it? And do you remember that? Yeah, I knew it. You know the location? Find it for me if you would. But it got to the one where it says, he binds up my wounds. And we looked at his wound. I mean, we thought maybe we needed to get some staples and stuff. But we don't like hospitals, especially now. So we're just like, this. the word says, and that's what my kid got a hold of. And he kept on hitting. You know, you can hit the side of the screen and it rewinds it 15 seconds, rewinds it. He kept sitting there going, boom, boom. He listened to the same scripture a hundred times until it, Psalm 147.3, he binds up my wounds. We're talking about a kid here 
who has seen us operate in faith, who has seen the word of God come to pass in our life on a constant, in a constant way, even in his life in a constant way. And so bind up my wounds, guess what? Next morning, that thing was not, it was pulled together. He comes out of his room, check that out. Dried blood everywhere, just like, check that out. And then I got on FaceTime with a, a doctor friend of mine in California. I said, what do you think? Because he looked at it the night before, and he's a man of faith. And he goes, tell you what, man, that boy of yours knows how to believe God. Because he said, I didn't want to tell you to go and get some staples, but I thought for sure you were going to have to, but I'm a man of faith too. So we agreed on it together, and we saw that thing come to pass. Amen? Amen. So he heals wounds in the head, and he also heals lungs. Amen? We've already covered that. Now, while Pastor was talking... Um, if you saw me over on my phone, um, that's because the Lord, once I get into an atmosphere, the Lord starts talking to me about the atmosphere. And then I start using Brother Google to find scriptures that are in my spirit. So I wasn't being trying to be rude. I wouldn't think I was checking emails or something during praise and worship. But that's when the Lord starts speaking to me sometimes about you guys. And one of the things that the Lord, he showed me this last night, and then I'll proceed and we'll, we'll see what the Lord will do. Have you gotten anything from this? Got anything over this? Okay, good, good. This is this is tires on the car. This is rubber hits the road. Amen. So, um, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Last night when my when my wife was speaking, the Lord dropped it into my spirit that your church is in a centurion moment. Your church is in a centurion moment. I said, Lord, what are you talking about? I said, well, you remember the centurion that came to me. And he said, I, I said I'll come and heal. If you'll come and heal, if you'll, I need my, my, my servant is sick. He needs to be healed. And Jesus is like, well, I'll come. I'll come. And he goes, no, no, I don't need you to come. I just need you to speak the word. And it says that Jesus got into a place. It says that Jesus went into a place of wide-eyed wonder. Jesus was surprised. He was like, I'm sitting here with all these doctors of the law and Jews, and here comes a Gentile soldier that is supposed to be a heathen. But he comes in and says, I'm a man under authority. All you have to do is speak the word. Now, there's a very interesting thing, and only one of the Gospels covers it. But the, this, in some of the story, it looks like the centurion just walked up to Jesus. Well, that's not how things happened back in the day. He was a Roman soldier. He's coming, he's over Capernaum, but the Bible says that this man, man, I feel the Holy Ghost, I'm getting ready to say this, that this centurion loved their nation. He loved the Jewish people and built them a synagogue. So that's another sermon that giving opens the door. Being faithful with your money. Opens the door. Learning how to use a calculator for tithe. You don't need a revelation. Lord, what should we give? And the Lord's like, well, what did you make? Use a calculator. There it is. Because your tithe represents your past, but your offerings represent your future. Tithe is just a calculator. That's all it is. You made a thousand, you owe one hundred dollars. It's not a debt you owe, it's a seed you sow. It's a part of that covenant, and God is able. 
this is where sometimes you lose people and then other people get really excited because they're tithers and givers and it's a part of the covenant and you're just like eh, we, eh, whenever we, we got Lord we're tithers and we're givers I don't want to say this, but I feel like the Lord wants me to say this. At the beginning of last year, we did not have the ability to do this, but the Lord put this on us, my wife and I, and we agreed on it, that we wanted, we had a goal. Couldn't do it, no way we could do it, but God put it in our heart that we wanted to give $30,000 to the kingdom. We looked at each other and went, <laughs> I think I laughed at the Lord too. <laughs> But then I started remembering that God is able. And he put that in my spirit. And I was like, well, it's not on me. I can't do that. I don't have the ability to do that. I can't make that transfer and I can't write that check unless I want to go to prison. But you know what? We started. God, as we said, okay, Lord, we'll do it. And guess what? This is the year of the double. We're believing for more. This is a double year. <clears throat> this is a double year. And so we just started by faith, and then God started, was like, boom, something would happen. We're like, wow, okay. We're, long story short, we got all of our giving things in, and we hit 40. Wow. That's that Elaine dance we were talking about from Seinfeld. That's a miracle, plus everything being taken care of, plus, you know, coming out of debt last year. Everything. I mean, it was just an amazing thing. But that's the thing. The Lord puts something on you that you can't do because all things are impossible for you. They are impossible for you. That's a fact. <laughs> but with him, all things are possible. And you are seated with him. You are seated with Christ. You are seated in heavenly places with Christ. Amen. So it's one of those things that you, you have to get this in your heart and it takes listening to it and it takes dwelling on it and listening and listening and listening. When Jesus, let me, let me share this and then I think I'm going to be done because I don't want to overload you, but I want to encourage you today. All of you came in here in a different place in your walk with God, different place in your faith level. The Bible says that every man is given faith. I believe that every man is born with, with faith. Because if you didn't have faith, you would be checking out these chairs before you sat in them. You would want to know a resume of the pilot when you're getting on an airliner. Did he have a fight with his wife this morning? Is he drunk? No, you have faith. But say, You have faith in those things. But there's something you get in your car and you have tons of faith that you're going to make it on icy roads in the winter storm and you're going to make it to church. You have faith. But when you get saved, there is a deposit of divine faith. It is the faith of God. Then it's that faith, and then that faith can be used to launch you into the gift of faith. You can't get into the gift of faith by yourself. You use the, the measure of faith, and that faith grows. I got that from Brother Shuttlesworth. He said, you know, when you get in to a level of faith, that means that God takes you, unscrews your head, and pours out everything that is a you, and then fills him with himself. With that supernatural, you believe God. And that's what it took for that. When the Lord told us that we were going to give that amount of money, we just, we, okay, put it in our hands and we'll do it. But we don't have it. I just, Lord, we receive it. Whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive it and you shall have it. But faith always has a corresponding action. That's where a lot of people miss out. 
is when God, you're believing for something, but you're not doing anything. You understand what I'm saying? It could be that you feel depressed, but the Lord has said that he is the light of your world, that he will encourage you, that he will bless you. Is my word not like a hammer to destroy that depression? And then what you do is go to YouTube or something and put on some music and dance. You are the mighty God, the great I am. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I am the mighty God, the great I am. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Now on the inside, you might be feeling depressed, but I'm telling you, that is your corresponding action of what you're believing and what you're speaking with your mouth. Because you, believe, you speak it with your mouth and you believe it in your heart. And I learned this. This is what I got out of going to healing school last year. I didn't have any problems with my body. I had a problem with my joy. My joy is supposed to be my strength. And a lot of times when I got around happy people, I'd be like, what you, man, what are you so happy about? And you're a little, I know I'm a preacher. Can I be honest with you? Sometimes people are just laughing and they're praising. And they're like, oh, you're bugging me. And I found out, isn't that true? Yeah, it's like a curmudgeon. Like, <laughs> you're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. Certain things would just happen. I'd be like, I'm just being honest with you. And then in healing school, the pastor was talking about how every day he commits to dance before the Lord in some way for about 10 minutes. Just, and you don't even have to be good at it. You can suck and still dance. You can look where you look like Elaine on Seinfeld. You can do it, but according to, listen, if there's a refrigerator in heaven, your face is on it. That's what I want to say. <laughs> he loves you. It's a joyful noise. You might not be able to sing your way out of a paper hat, but you open your mouth, the Lord's is like, bless their heart, they're singing to me. That's all. Plus, you are also, when you're dancing, you're dancing in front of giants. You're dancing in front of things that you've got to overcome, and the dance is a sacrifice to the Lord's like, look, they're not even nervous. They're just dancing before me. That rent, that rent payment's due. The mortgage is due. They're about ready to turn my water off. You know what I'm going to do? You are the mighty God, the great I am. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You are the mighty God, the great I am. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He said he did it for 10 minutes. He was telling me, he says, one time I was on an international flight, and I realized, my God, I haven't danced today. So he got up and went to the bathroom. You are the mighty the great. He's just dancing. He's dancing. And I found this out. We started having major breakthroughs in our life when I started dancing. And I started to laugh on the inside. Something broke on the inside. The mean one, the Grinch, went to hell. And my spirit got full of this joy thing. So that when nothing, whenever something happens, you're just like, glory to God. Praise the Lord. Praise God. And with that joy is your strength. And you're able to stand against situations. Amen? Let me finish with this. The Lord's going to meet you wherever you are. Because everybody's in a different spot. He gets off the boat. Coming from delivering the demoniac, he gets off the boat. Jairus comes to him, head of the temple, comes up and says, My little girl is about to die. Will you come? Yeah, we'll go. So he's walking. Then in the meantime, there's another lady with an issue of blood. And she is, is like, I don't care if it's against the law. I have heard about this man over in Galilee. Somebody whispered through my door. They wouldn't come into my house, but they whispered that he is a healer, that he is a deliverer. 
that he makes a, hey, he's raising dead people. He could probably take care of this issue of blood that I have. So she decided to just step over everybody's opinion and open up the door while he's coming with Jairus. She's stepping out in faith and she is saying, you go to those scriptures, she's saying, if I, she's saying it with her mouth, if I can but touch the hem of his garment, it's done deal. It's casino jackpot. We're done. Sixth ball, Powerball number. It's there. All I got to do is touch. I don't, I don't even need him to recognize me. There's a revelation in that. I don't need anybody to recognize me. I don't need anybody to recognize me. I just need to get in to the anointing. Pastor, you know what? People get offended. Well, pastor didn't touch me. He didn't talk to me. He didn't even hug me. Well, who did you hug? Who did you get off your butt and go across the sanctuary? They look like they need a hug. I'm going to sew a hug because I need a hug. They look like they're depressed. I'm not feeling so good today. I'm here by faith. Glory to God. I'm going to go over. I'm going to start hugging people. And on the inside, you're like, and you're hugging people. You're shaking people's hand. You're patting them on the head. Give them a clean mask. I don't care. Do something. You just love people where they are. So Jesus is coming with him. But she's getting out of where she is. And she touches the hem. He turns around. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, who touched me? Oh, who touched me? I'll tell you. He touched me. And oh, the joy that floods my soul. Because something happened and now I know. He touched me. And made me whole. Amen. See, there were people that were thronging him. See, there's always people in a move of God. And we see this in Florida a lot. The Spirit of God, for some reason, when it starts to move, flat weirdos show up. I mean, just weird. You know, the people that are, you know, the service starts and they're all And then we're like, bless your heart. That ain't God. That is your, the spirit of God's trying to move in your spirit and your flesh is fighting it. So you become a cocker spaniel. You become weird. You know, some of these people, I was just, I walk up to them and say, are you about to ready to throw up? You all right? <gasps> That's not the spirit of God. So you just, you go over to Love you. You need to be quiet, or we're going to go out there in the barf room. Thank God. She was pursuing him. She didn't need any attention. She didn't want any attention. But when she touched in faith, all the other fame grabbers, and I touched Jesus. I'm never washing this hand again. Uh, Did you get anything? No, but I'm never washing this hand again. She's crawling around with an issue, with a problem against the law. She doesn't care. I'm getting my miracle. I'm getting my miracle. That's the reason why I'm saying that this is a centurion weekend. Or you can say it's a woman with the issue of blood weekend. You're going to get your miracle. This is your weekend. This is championship weekend. Time for you to win. This is a Super Bowl, and you might seem like you're the underdog today, but it's time for you to win. 
And where you win is in your mouth. Mark eleven twenty three. 23. If you want to pull that one up, you can. I can teach something right there. But I'll tell you, Mark eleven twenty three. 22 says, have the faith of God. Is everybody all right? Will you give me five minutes? Who will give me five minutes? 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, 50, 50, 50. Okay, we're up to an hour. I got a bank time. We're good. What time is it? 1130? It says, have the God kind of faith. But then it says, for verily I say unto you, thank you, have the faith in God. But it really is translated, have the God kind of faith. What is the God kind of faith? God speaks. How did he do creation? Spirit was hanging out over darkness. But nothing happened until something was spoken into the spirit. It's like the sperm hitting the egg. Creation. The Spirit of God is with you. The Spirit of God is in your situation. God is with you whether you feel it or not. But somebody got to speak into the situation. That's you. You're a speaking spirit. You have the Spirit of God. You're a speaking spirit. And Jesus said unto them, have the God kind of faith. Then he said in 22, this is amazing. For verily I say unto thee, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatever he saith. Now, this is something Brother Hagin found out in the 50s. He said he was sitting there, and the Lord asked him, Hey, you've already read the Bible through. Did you, did you, and he was getting ready to ask him something out of the end of Mark. And the Lord was like, Yeah, 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 yeah. Did you get to Mark 11? What? Did you notice 23? He goes to that scripture, and he says, notice how the word say is in that scripture. Well, I feel the Holy Ghost. I got chills right there. The word say is in that scripture three times. The word believe is in it once. And this is what the Lord, look at it. Say it three times and believe once. And the Lord spoke to him and said, said uh, Ken, my people believe me. They have no problem saying that they believe me. They do believe. They just don't say anything. People that don't want to come to church anymore, the devil puts them into isolation. Shut your mouth. And nothing happens when you don't open your mouth. Because the next scripture is whatsoever things you desire when you pray. Believe you receive it and you shall have it. Therefore I say unto you that whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and then you shall have them. Mark eleven twenty four. 25 also talks about that you have to, if you got any ought, you're getting unforgiveness. So that's the foundation. None of those previous scriptures work, Jack, if you're upset with somebody and you're unforgiving. You're drinking a poison that only hurts you, not them. You're waiting on an apology that will never come. Quit wasting your time. When we have the Savior left the throne, walked the earth, was betrayed, spit on, pulled his beard, and he still went to the cross, said it is finished, took the stripes for your healing, come on. Jesus was the ultimate one to get, if you want to just be plain about it, screwed over. He was hurt badly, not loved, not appreciated, but he still went to the cross. You still have to walk this thing. You still have to walk to the cross. still have to be willing to just die. Let your flesh die and then operate in these life-giving things of the word of, word of God. So back to Jairus. So that's, that's just something for you. Learn how to talk a whole lot more. Talk a lot. Not bad things. Talk the word. Talk that, 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 just, you know, God is good. God is great. He's faithful. He's good. Now, I walk around my house. My wife will say that there are other things that I say because I'm a human being sometimes. <laughs> but a lot of times, I just walk around. I got this from my pastor, Rodney Howard Brown. 
Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And I knew I was getting across when, when years ago I found my five-year-old son building a Lego going, Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you. Or when you have your daughter laying and she's got tears in her eyes at seven years old. And I'm like, hey, are you okay? Oh, yeah, it's just the presence of God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you. It's like, these, these, listen, this is a good commercial. We wrote a book called An Unimaginable Step. We left our house at the word of the Lord, and we sold everything, got rid of the house, put things in storage that we wanted eventually, and we didn't know how long the Lord was going to put us on the road full time. We were out for a year and a half. The Lord did such amazing things of provision. Some of it's funny. Some of it will make you cry. But it's all about kind of teaching like this. In this situation, we used this scripture. Well, I'll tell you, since you guys gave me all that time, I'll tell you this one quick one. What sort of things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive and you shall have. We came into Lenore, California. I believe it was Lenore. Is that right, Lenore? You were there. So was I. But anyway, we were somewhere in California. And we, walked, we came into town, and at this particular time, we did not have a lot of finances. So um, the Lord had really blessed, but we were in faith. And our kids knew also, we were just like, we're believing God. And we pulled in to go to this church that we had never been to before. Uh, a friend of ours had connected us with them. And so when we came in, uh, and then Monday was going to be a holiday. So it didn't matter what the church gave us that weekend. The banks are closed. So I told the Lord when we're coming into town, I told the kids, I said, hey, let's believe God for not checks right now. Let's believe God for $500 cash. So we're coming into town. So Lord, according to your word says, what sort of things we desire when we pray? We're desiring some cash. We don't need a check. 500 bucks will keep us until then. We need to, need to eat. Kids are wanting to do a few things. They've been locked up in a van or in church for about five months now. You know, just going church to church, God opened up our schedule. It was amazing what God did when we stepped out in faith, according to the word of the Lord. And so the pastor, we, we, the pastors called us and said, hey, I want you to meet us at a steakhouse. You know, we want to feed you. We were like, yeah, so anyway, so we're going to eat. Now we're sitting at the place, getting ready to eat. We're looking at menus, and the, the pastor's wife, she was just a rascal. All of a sudden, she puts her menu down, slaps the table. She goes, oh! And I was like, What? She goes, I hope this doesn't offend you. And I was like, try me. She goes, on the way to church, I looked at my, looked at my husband, and I said, honey, drop me by the ATM. I've got a desire to give this family $500. And she pulled out the money and started to, and my kids were all like this, what's up? <laughs> See, we never, we never kept the needs from our kids because then when God would come through, they couldn't party with us. And also the day will come that maybe God has my kids or one of them in ministry over on the other side of China or something. And I could be a billionaire by God's grace, let it happen. But I don't have the ability to get them what they need in the time that they need it. They need to know how to believe God. They need to know how to believe God. I've seen my son believe in uh, for himself. He taught when his earbuds broke uh, back when he was 13 years old. I said, I'll get you another pair. He goes, no, I'm going to use my faith. In two weeks, he had ear, but we never told anybody nothing. But in two weeks, a Korean guy from a phone store looked at me and said, do you have kids? Yeah. He was doing something with my phone. He goes, here's our newest earbuds. <laughs> Lord, time to start talking about that Bentley. 
Time for that Lambo. Time for your dually. What a new track? Whatever. I mean, your, your kids mess with you because it's just that 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 faith. My little girl at five years old wanted a whole bedroom set of wicker, white wicker. And at five, I was like, well, what do you do? She goes, I go to my baggy bank, I get out money, I sow it into a great ministry, and then I praise God for the, for the harvest. Two weeks, she got a white wicker, and I didn't do it. I didn't manipulate it. But the seed time harvest, you have to have great seed, you have to have great soil, and you got to plant it. That's the way this works. Amen? So that, that, that book out there is just full of stories that when you read it, you'll be like, oh, my goodness, that can happen for us. That can happen for us. So it's funny. You'll enjoy it. So I'll be out there after the service. But the, the whole thing with this weekend is you becoming the centurion. That's like, no, no, I don't need you to come. Just speak the word. But for Jairus, he needed him to come. Jesus came for him, then, then for him. Then the, when he came off the mountain, there was a man who had a paralytic, or not a paralytic, but, a, but a, a kid that was having fits. And he looked at Jesus and said, if you can just have compassion, please have compassion. And Jesus said, well, if you can believe. It's funny how Jesus will deal with certain people. He's like, if you can just, if, the, if thou canst just, do. and Jesus was like, well, if you can believe. Jesus turned it around on him and said, well, are you believing? Are you believing? And I'll ask you that right now as we finish up. Are you believing God? Because he loves you. If you need him to come, he'll come today. But if your faith is to a point, now, oh, Lord, I don't need you, God, I just need you to speak the word. He'll do that. That's how much he loves you today. He doesn't get long hair, bald, shiny, Rams fan, Cincinnati. Even us Cowboy fans that go through hell every year. Anyway, it's just, he loves you. So don't get under condemnation from the devil. This is a new day. This is a new start today. So we're going to pray. We're going to pray. We're going to believe God. Right now, Father, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Sense this right now. If you're believing God for a specific need financially, if you're believing God for something in your body, something's going on in your family, you've been praying and believing God, just stand to your feet right now. Just stand to your feet immediately. I'm just going to do whatever the Lord's showing me to do. You're believing God. Maybe you're just in a ministry and you're tired of where you've been, where you are right now, and you're looking to be able to go forward in that. You're looking for the next level, looking for the next level of ministry in worship, all that stuff. There's another level. Father, in the name of Jesus, just the same way, Pastor, as you said to us, there's, like I said, there's something majorly going on. There's something majorly going on in Cape Girardeau. I felt it when I came into the area. I feel it in this church. This does not feel like the same church that I was in five years ago. If you want to do music, that's fine. Go ahead. Jump up there and do whatever. Do business with God right now. If you've been lackluster, I'm just going to challenge you. If you haven't been giving the way you need to give, you haven't been faithful in that area, get that right with God. If you've been a groan and moan and complain, get that right with God right now. This is so easy. You just, just confess it, ask it, and then forget about it because he does. It's in the sea of his, his forgetfulness. But we're wanting to be, we're desiring to be able to get people to a place where provision, where these scriptures can operate in your life. And man, I feel the love of God right now. I just feel it so strong. Hallelujah. I feel the love of God in here for his people. 
Hallelujah. Let's get, let's, let's get rid of the, of the pulpit right there. Just move it somewhere. Hallelujah. Thank you, buddy. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you for these people. Lord, there is breakthrough. Lord, there is... When, the, when, the, when Jairus called, he went. And then when Jesus dealt with the woman with the issue of blood, then there were servants that came and said, don't bother the master any longer. She's dead. And before Jairus could speak a word, Jesus jumped in front of that conversation because he didn't want his mouth to get in front of him. He said, if you can believe, I bring that up because some of you are facing some impossible situations. Do you know that he specializes in impossible situations? Healing right now. Job loss, job gain. Whether you're supposed to make that move or whether you're supposed to stay here. I believe that the gifts of healing and of miracles and of wisdom and of knowledge are being operated right now. Get the witness of the Holy Spirit on it right now. These gifts are in operation right now. In the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord. Everybody put your hand on your belly because out of your belly come the rivers of living water. I speak life into you right now. I speak that the devil is a liar and that your ears are deaf to the words of the enemy. I speak that that which used to trip you up will trip you up no longer. Of where you would complain, now you speak words of life. I speak breakthrough. <clears throat> Just as God brought breakthrough for David, that he broke through. Just like the mighty waters, he said, Lord, you have broken through for me. And Baal Parazim broke through as the many waters. God's breaking the dam in your life. I speak over you now in Jesus' name. That dam wall's coming down today. Whatever's been holding you back, not going to hold you back any longer. Now, do you receive this? This is the point. Do you receive it? You have to say, I believe it and I receive it right now. Be it unto me according to your word.